You're listening to Impact Bound. And now, this is Impact Bound. Well, welcome to Impact Bound, the podcast of the Midwest Petroleum and Convenience Store Trade Show. We're getting set for Impact to be coming back to Indianapolis September 8th through 10th, and we're excited about so many of the terrific speakers that we have scheduled for this year. In particular, very excited to uh, welcome Lori Bus-Stillman. She's on the, uh, on the in the studio with us today. Welcome, Lori. Thanks. Happy to be here. Lori is the Vice President of Research for NAX and has a very, very uh, credentialed uh, resume. She uh, joined NAX in 2000. She leads the Association Industries leading research portfolio, which includes the NAC's state-of-the-industry suite of products and events, the convenience tracking program that provides a moment of truth insights into shopping behavior, monthly data insights from the CSX database, and other research and insights programs that are critical to the convenience and fuel retail industry. So we know you know what you're talking about. So we are glad to have you with us and glad to have you with us at, at Impact this year. Um, your session is going to be on Friday, September 10th at 10 a.m. called How Retailers Can Thrive Post-Pandemic and Beyond. That is a killer title. Uh, tell us a little bit about your goals for that and, and where should retailers be focusing their attention for 2022? Well, first, thank you for having me. And I am so looking forward to not just getting back into the live show environment, but being an impact and, and, and spending some time with your members and really getting kind of a firsthand look at what's happening there. So yeah, I think, you know, post pandemic, we're seeing, uh, you know, people back out and about and moving again. And, and that comes with both, you know, opportunity as well as some threats, because let's face it, over the course of the last 15 months, we've seen many categories have some pretty exciting growth, uh, as people have looked to us uh, as a more convenient and perhaps safer environment to shop and spend time uh, as other food service offers have perhaps not been available to them in the ways that they had historically uh, utilized them. All of a sudden now they're giving many of our uh, stores and, and members in our industry opportunities to try things and our opportunity is how do we keep those customers? So uh, we've had, you know, what I call pandemic is the great consumer trial opportunity and now it's going to be all about retention. Mm. And and I think, you know, so what retailers need to be really thinking about and focusing on first and foremost is paying attention to the behavior of shoppers in store. There's going to be some enduring things that happened during the pandemic that we're going to be able to continue to draft off of and build business on. There's going to be other things where they probably will regress back to some pre-pandemic behaviors. And so getting into categories is going to be as important as when do we need to start to maybe scale back inventory or think differently about um, how they're interacting in the store. Uh, labor is going to continue to be an opportunity. We know day parts certainly shifted during the pandemic. Um, not everybody's going back to the office. So what are we, what are we doing to not only build back our day park business for the folks who are going to be frequenting back into normal routines, but giving opportunities for folks to see us as that place to go mid-morning for a quick break or a place to do a call or grab a bite of lunch. There's all kinds of new opportunities. So paying attention to the consumer traffic and behavior, um, having conversations, teaching our staff to have conversations about what's new, how, you know, how do, how do we serve you better during this time? Uh, simple questions can yield great answers. So I think that is one of the biggest areas. Um, you know, it's funny. I know for me personally, working at home, I'm a pretty social person. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting out midday, and sometimes it was just the opportunity to have a human interaction with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think as we think about as 
behavior changes and folks are coming into our stores, perhaps at different times than their other routine, really making sure that that focus on customer service, taking a minute to smile and ask somebody about how their day is, it can be transformative to people. Uh, you know, we touch 165 million people a day in and out of convenience stores in the U.S. That's equivalent to half the U.S. population. I like to say that's 165 million opportunities a day to change somebody's life with a smile. Mm -hmm. uh, and as simple as it seems, when you're sitting at home and you're on Zoom call number seven and you've had absolutely no other interaction, um, that moment matters. And I think it can really build some lasting relationships for us to, to really, you know, benefit from long term. Oh, that's a great point. I mean, people are taking those driving trips just because they might be tired of shopping online or just if they're working from home or they're working remote and they've got to get out and just have some, you know, some people interaction, right? Person-to-person yep. -person connection. So, you know, to that point, with 16% more of the population working from home now versus pre-pandemic, what do you think retailers need to most understand about meeting their needs today? So, I think we have to understand what, what is the offer that we have today? Um, and how might that serve other purposes in that consumer's life? So 16% more are working from home. Um, those are people who, A, want to get out at some point in the day, probably to get something to eat, or they're thinking about dinner for their family. How do we connect them with the offer that we have in our store so that we can solve that problem for them, um, perhaps even before they're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And there was a study done a couple of years ago by Acosta that talked about um, at 4 p.m., 80% of the U.S. population has no clue what they're having for dinner. Um, and, and that goes to those people who are working from home. And I know when I'm working from home, it's not like I have all this extra time to put a great meal on the table. Chances are I'm going from one call to the next to the next, and I too am struggling with that four o'clock, what the heck are we gonna have for dinner? And that's, and that's snack time too, 4 p.m. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, like, I got to run out and get something. Tied me over. Yeah, running the kid to the soccer practice or on my way home from work or what have you. But how do we use our location advantage, right? Our four-court messaging. How do we let people know, hey, we've got a great pizza offer. We've got a great chicken offer. And we can solve that meal for them. Or perhaps we can provide the dessert and the beverage and take some of the pressure off. So I think thinking about what are the new problems that people who work from home have? Do they need a place to have packages delivered that's safe? Do they need a place midday to go get on Wi-Fi and sit um, in a quiet corner with a cup of coffee and a nice piece of you know, baked good and just do a call? Um, can we fill, fulfill those needs for them perhaps differently than we did before? And that can offset perhaps the erosion of some of those day park coffee dollars that we might not be getting anymore. Well, and we know that uh, people are searching before they go out to um, wherever they're going to go for retail, right? And convenience stores represent more than one third of the brick and mortar retail universe that's tracked by Nielsen in the US. And yet we don't appear in searches. That's correct. It's a uh, really big area of focus for, for NACS right now, um, because you're right, the path to purchase has become largely digital in many ways. I, I think I've seen statistics that some 80% of all purchases now include some sort of online search. And so when someone is saying, hey, where's the nearest coffee shop near me? And we have a great coffee offer. Are we taking the steps that we need to take with Google Business and others to make sure that when that search results are, are served up to, to, to that potential shopper, 
that were listed. Uh, and I'll tell you, I've been, you know, having fun as I've been kind of playing around with this idea and going from store to store. Uh, literally, you know, with my eight, cell phone in one hand and my elbow on the ATM machine inside the store asking the question, where's the nearest ATM? And sadly, I often don't get the convenience store offer. And so we have to make sure that what people are searching for is how we're showing up online. And if we have, you know, a really great car wash or a really great offer, um, people search based on the need that they have, not on the location um, that they want to go. Now they, you know, of course they do both. If they know they're gonna go to a certain place, they may ask for directions. But if they're not 100% familiar with all of the products and services that exist with inside the four walls of a location, and we aren't taking effort to really communicate that to them, then yeah, they may find us if they say, where's a convenience store near me or where's a gas station near me? But if they're searching for where's a place that I can buy stamps, get some beer, and also renew my hunting license, and we know we can meet all of those needs, how do we make sure we're taking the steps to show up digitally to connect with them? So, so we're doing some fun work there and, and we'll have more to share uh, later this year on that. But search has become so important. And, you know, to me, convenience is evolving. Um, for many years, I think we as an industry had, uh, you know, we were the beneficiaries uh, of, of when consumers thought about convenience, they, they thought about, uh, you know, the format uh, of our stores and the hours of operation and the, and the connectivity that we have in communities. But as other retail channels are working harder to certainly provide better access to product in a very limited time window, that starts to put some pressure on us in our industry. And so we have to evolve convenience to being available to the shopper wherever they're looking. And that includes both online as well as offline. Um, I do believe though, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to make this sound like, oh, the world's all going to become digital and there's never an opportunity for us in our, in our channel. We still have the benefits of proximity. We still have the benefits of, um, you know, location and access and hours of availability. And people are going to want to walk into a store and they're going to want to smell the coffee. They're going to want to, you know, you know, treat their eyes to this beautiful pizza or beautiful baked goods or just see the depth and breadth of packed bed assortment. And they don't get that online. And they certainly don't get the opportunity to see new product innovation. And I think that's another area where we have such great opportunity to make sure that we're quick to market. Uh, in accepting the right new product innovation that we know our shoppers are, are going to gravitate to. And we have certain categories that are certainly destination categories for us. And if we're not early adopters of the right innovation so that people start to know that, hey, every time, you know, soda company X or salty snack company Y or, you know, candy company Z launches a cool, fun item, even if it's a limited offer, I know that my neighborhood convenience store is probably going to have it because they're really bringing in and quickly providing me quick access to product innovation that I can taste it before perhaps I go and, you know, order it from Amazon online. So we've got to make sure we're there and we become that same kind of treasure hunt, if you will, that I think some other retailers and other channels are known for so that the discovery of new products and new flavors in our category is something that causes people to want to come and just check out what we have today. Even if they're not looking to fill up their tank or, or buy a pack of cigarettes, they still just want to go see what's new and different. Well, it, it certainly does give us an opportunity to feed that need for human engagement. Absolutely. And, and we can, we can help satisfy it because we're there. We can, we can be providing a, an array of products, but it's that convenient component. We're in your neighborhood, we're nearby and just establishing those ongoing relationships with our customers. Yep. I agree completely. 
So what first steps then do you feel retailers and convenience marketers need to be taking now in preparation for these trends and the things that we see on the horizon for 2022? What are your what are some of your insights that people need to be doing today? So I think first and foremost, I think just becoming really comfortable with technology, everything in terms of both back of the house, as well as in store, as well as what's going to drive that shopper into the store, all is sitting on some platform of technology. And I think what's great about that is technology utilization creates what we call data dust, right? And so our ability to consume that exhaust to get smarter about how do we improve our supply chain? How do we get better at labor and scheduling? Because we know kind of how people bid or come on or off positions. How do we get better about entering categories and exiting categories or items in those categories quickly so that we can be relevant? That, you know, data enables agility. And so I think one of the first things retailers and convenience marketers have to do is really strengthen um, their data skills in their organization and their quest for knowledge. Um, reading, paying attention to what's happening, walking stores and just, you know, asking a shopper, hey, what are you looking for today? What, what gets you excited when you come into our store? Um, we have to be I think more inquisitive about what drives people to our sites and, and both data as well as, you know, kind of the big data as well as the small data, the ethnography, just asking simple questions can yield such phenomenal insight. And I think we just have to take time to do that. So first step to me is getting that technology muscle, uh, you know, as strong as you possibly can in your organization. Well, and that's going to reinforce the relationship with the supplier too, right? Because they're Absolutely. going to be beating down the doors to be first in your channel. I mean, because you could be so quick to market to provide that service and get instant feedback um, or at least track and make smart future decisions as they supply in that particular uh, vertical or product offering. Yeah, I think that, you know, giving quick feedback to suppliers as to what customers like or don't like, uh, and it, it, it might be the packaging, it might be the merchandising, it might be just the product itself, but, you know, when something new comes in and, and, and somebody's buying it, be like, hey, what drew your attention to this item today? And if it's, hey, I saw a really great ad. Great. That's feedback we can share back with the supplier. If it's, wow, I'm just seeing a lot of, you know, gooseberry flavored things showing up and I've never tried gooseberry. So I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, is there some new flavor innovation popping over the horizon? And, and by the way, I'll bet my bottom dollar, it's not going to be gooseberry. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something with peanut butter or dark chocolate, something yeah, along those lines. Salt, yeah, all those things that get our taste buds watering for sure. Absolutely. Well, those are some great insights. And we are definitely looking forward to hearing from you, Lori, when we get to Indianapolis. Uh, your session again, Friday, uh, September 10th at 10 a.m., how retailers can thrive post-demic and post-pandemic and beyond. You can certainly register for impact at impact.org. And I know Nax has a wealth of information, um, background information and additional research that uh, much that you've authored or, or that others within your team have put together. Where can they go to get additional information to do some pre-read before they hear you speak? Yeah, so convenience.org is the NACS website. There's a tab on there called research. If you go to that research tab, there's a wealth of information and knowledge about white papers we've written, category insights that we share. The NACS magazine every month does a category close-up. It's another great place to see category by category what's happening as well as just you know at a, at a higher level, some of the bigger macro trends and issues that uh, we as an association are working hard against and my research team is writing about and, and, and really studying. 
Well, again, we are thrilled to have you with us. It's going to be a great session, and we're just excited to be back again together in Indianapolis, get a chance to learn, interact, network, connect on the floor, see those new trends, and just get a chance to dialogue like this, um, except in person. So Absolutely. That's the exciting part. Lori, thank you so much for your time today. Definitely check out her session description, sign up for it, uh, Impact Today, and plan on registering for the show and bring your team to her session Friday, September 10th, 10 a.m. Lori Bustillman, VP of Research Next. Thank you so much for your time. Great to Thanks. talk with See you. you. See you there. Impact details and sponsorship opportunities can be found at m-pack.org.